What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the TT Podcast. It's episode number 37. Today, I am joined by Prince. Hey there. Ace. Hello. And Dave. Hello. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about uh, whether or not it is ethical to review episodic games piecemeal, episode by episode. Hmm. Um, we've got some news. Uh, Call it The new Call of Duty game was revealed. Uh, Darksiders 3 was revealed. A bunch of other stuff. But first, some housekeeping. Dave's birthday was two days ago. Happy birthday, Dave. Thank Happy you. Birthday. Happy birthday, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday. He was really excited about it a few minutes ago. Uh, I'm um, 27. What can woo! I say? You just got um, a lot older in the last five minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Thanks. And, and in other news, uh, welcome to the new and improved TT podcast. Uh, we are renaming the podcast to the Trophy Talk podcast. So conveniently, it will still be the TT podcast. It'll be the True Trophies podcast, but it is going to be called the Trophy Talk podcast. That's very Ooh. convenient. Almost too uh, really, convenient. really does work. Yeah, making it pretty easy. Um, we're not going to like break up the uh, the episode numbering. We're just going to keep rolling with it because it doesn't. Really, it's only been thirty seven episodes. I don't think we really need to restart the numbering. We'll just keep on going. Um, and now that we've rebranded the podcast, I'm going to apologize because I am going to be traveling a crap ton over the next month or so. We're going to try and fit podcasts in so that you get some juicy goodness. Um, but I am making three separate plane trips over the next month. So we will be back in time for the E3. So look for a podcast the week before to go over E3 stuff. But in the meantime, if we don't have anything, really sorry about that. We're going to try and do something. Um. Yeah, uh, it it'll take a little bit of jimmying, and it may only be like two people or something. What whatever we can manage to get together, if we can get something together. Um, but with that with that out of the way, uh, let's get into the news. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how Atlas was like, OMG, you can't um broadcast anything in Persona Five past a certain date, and if you do, we're going to do terrible things to you. Um, and now they've apologized for they've they've apologized for their uh, wording in that um, because some people took it as a threat. Uh, but what they've said is, and that it kind of was, but it, I didn't. I never agreed with that, and it shows to their intent that they didn't intend that, which is what I said for them. Certainly, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it's one of those weird things. It's like you know, I don't know that they even necessarily would have followed through with it, um, but it was kind of a warning. Hey, you know kind of be nice about this but the good news is they've made the you know only public relations move that i think they could have considering the backlash um they've been polite about it they've apologized for you know being not a hundred percent i don't know really really nice to people um, which is kind of what <laughs> you have to do unfortunately in pr um and they've they've changed the date so uh, you can now stream and whatever up to um, November 19th. Um, that is, you can if you have the capability to do so, which if you're using the PS4 share functionality, you still can't do that. So you'd still need some other method of, of streaming and whatever. Um, what do we think of this? We happy? Yeah. Um, let them do Dave what they does want. Not care. <laughs> no, I don't play uh, Persona, so weird weeaboo games. Hey. Uh, be at what you will. 
Crack on, Atlas. I'll fight you. Yeah, right. Um, but otherwise, um, I think. That's I mean, good news. Uh, I don't know. I think people were making too big a deal out of it from the beginning. But also, I agree. Um, it's a definite. Uh, I suppose definite necessity that uh, after November things uh, are considered to be more private because that's really when the things start to kick off and when a lot of the major like overarching spoilers manifest so yes you'd want that to be more private and more yeah i mean away. from from what i've gathered because you know i i've played a ridiculous number of hours at this point not uh, not, not nearly as much as you have but um it, it it does move i mean it moves rather slowly um and from what i've gathered from what i've seen anything after november 19th is kind of almost like end game like you're you're getting yeah. into like late game story and that's like legit spoiler territory it's not like oh well you know i wanted to discover that and now i can't and you know that's a spoiler it's like legit story spoilers um so that is probably a really good date um and i think it's kind of a win-win for everybody um, and also on on a sort of bizarre tangential note um the fact that the game isn't capturing all of my screenshots or like i can't s- quick save a video and go and rewatch it whenever i um want to see a scene again and stuff like that the fact that that stuff is disabled and off the table kind of takes a weight off my shoulders because i'm not sort of thinking oh i'm gonna get the trophy for unlocking i don't know all personas so which persona do I want to be my last one that will appear on my screenshot or yeah. things like that that just kind of create a little voice in the back of your head? Mm. Yeah, so, I do have to say that I've had less, um, I've been less compelled to hunt trophies in this playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would so say something? Yeah, so it won't even, <clears throat> it won't even record a screenshot for the, the trophy functionality no. then. You no, no, get I, screenshots. I, I actually, I, I tried to take a screenshot of something goofy that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, I just took a picture of this thing. And then I went and posted it on Twitter. And I realized that the picture I posted was from a completely different game because it was the last, it was the last save screenshot that I had. Yeah. So it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't, it doesn't capture literally anything. Like if after the, I think like literally the first 10 minutes or so you've got like the prologue um after that i don't think it records anything at all Um, the fact that you can't take screenshots of fun or cool moments is a bit of a shame but at the same time it just kind of takes you to reality that you've got to live in the moment you've got to like stop looking through the camera shutter you just just, rather than having your finger on the share button the whole time like when i'm playing zelda my finger is constantly on the screenshot button and i'm just like snapping away like like a photographer just trying to capture every moment but you just like step back and just soak it in. Yeah, it's it's definitely a much more in the moment thing, and yeah, it's it's a little <laughs> bit more focused, which is cool. Mm, I'd say that it's a shame for the YouTubers because obviously they're going to be upset at not being able to sort of fully enjoy this. But then I suppose they've probably got the full on rigs anyway for most of them. So be yeah, but maybe oh, some of them do, don't they? YouTubers, but uh, yeah. I, I'm still kind of thinking, you know, disabling features of a console, it's... Oh, we... Well, not, again. <laughs> it's so, still not... Like, I mean, every game's got spoilers in it. 
you might, you know, would you say yeah. if if it if it started a precedent from now on, every developer blocks all of that, you'd be like, well, what's the point in having the feature? You know, so yeah. they don't bother including it in the next console, and then kind of start to go mm. back a bit. You know, and it's like some I agree. people do like sharing stuff and that lot to their feed, but I understand, you know, some people don't want to see spoilers, but then, you know, I mean, there's that's... other ways of managing that. Yeah, I think, and I think it. What really is kind of what bothers me most about it is probably that they could have probably implemented it better. Because um, I mean, it, it is very you know it's it happens in plenty of games where hey, there's this thing happening and it, it turns off recording or whatever because it's a major spoiler, you know. And I, there's probably better ways of, of doing it. Um, I, the only other game really that I've seen to this extent. Uh, is Call of Duty uh, Advanced Warfare? Oh, did it? I, I don't know. Um, Tales, you couldn't Tales share, of... play anything on Advanced Warfare. Uh, Tales, I know the Tales of games are are the same way, where like as soon as the game boots up, it pops up and it's like, hey, you cannot record or screenshot or anything like that. It's been turned off. Oh, um, well, that and it's it's for the whole game. Yeah, don't uh, buy those games, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the Tales series, as, as court, sort of melodramatic as the, the games can be, again, it's very story-driven. But I, I think you're going to see... I think these types of things will end up being naturally weeded out anyways over time. I mean, because you have, like, the Final Fantasy fifteen, where, you know, it's got story and everything, and if if you've got your choice between... You know, having a social experience, if you want a social experience, and playing Final Fantasy 15 versus this, you know, the market will eventually kind of, I think, speak. But, anyways, let's move on um, to speaking of. I wanted something with. Um, outsidey features, you know, like you said, social features, I would go outside. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's true, but I mean, the the influencers are going to probably gravitate towards games that make it easier on them, um, and those Quite games are receive a, a benefit. So you would think, at least, Jeez. so there there are market forces that should encourage this to work out in people's favor. Um, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so you mentioned Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Um, World War Two has been revealed, or rather, WW Two. It's that is the actual title, um, and it's confirmed jetpacks. Yeah, it's confirmed jetpacks. Uh, confirmed Nazi zombies. It's confirmed that in it, the multiplayer there will be female soldiers. Well, hey, um, yeah, I know, right? There's there was uh, really female soldiers running about the battlefield in World War Two. Yeah, I know. What's uh, up with that? Oh, hold on. The, uh, the female soldiers, I think, in that one are actually the French resistance. So that part, I think they are trying to keep historically accurate, even if... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's right. There was, yeah, the yep. French resistance. I do remember watching Hello, Hello and mm-hmm. stuff oh, like that. was the best. <laughs> Hello, yeah, Hello yeah. was brilliant. But that's beside the point. But it's brilliant. <laughs> Call of Duty, back to its roots. I love it. Yeah, right. It's not really back to its roots, though, is it? If it was back to its roots, it would kick this zombie crap out the chuffing <laughs> window. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's one of those things. It's like it's holding on to something. The Nazi zombies don't necessarily have to go. It's no, realistic. All the zombies need to go. The zombie mode 
It's done to death. It is boring. I've never yeah, played but... it actually. <laughs> it's I, boring. I stopped. I stopped my Call of Duty games when they, I think, introduced introduced the zombies. <laughs> yeah. I stopped playing uh, just before. Well, after Advanced Warfare, actually. Um, I mean, the thing about Call of Duty, my my impression at least, has always been that none of the problems that a Call of Duty game has could ever be fixed by removing zombies. Unlike most games, it's Call of Duty. They get to do whatever the hell they want, whatever, however much money they need to spend, they get to spend it. So, like, if the story is crap, the story is going to be crap. That's because the people that made it had every resource and just made a crap story, you know. So, you know, you, you can take out zombies, but it's not going to like positively impact the game in any way. You might as well have it in for the few people, that, you know. Well, and probably not a few people. Well, I'm not being funny, but how about just doing a Call of Duty Zombies game on its own? For the hardcore zombie fans, done. I hate zombies, it's boring. That would That's not just me. Be no. good for them financially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um anyway, so uh it has uh a few other things. Uh the main campaign will follow mostly one character. You're gonna play as uh nineteen year old nineteen year old kid from Texas. So you're playing as another American. Um, Yay. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people very excited about that. Not really. <laughs> um, and, and realistically, I mean, it, it's totally not fair because, like, Call of Duty's, you know, best character was yeah. um, oh, Ca- Captain... Oh, my God, what's his name? I can't even remember. Oh, but, Christ Price! Yes. <laughs> Captain, Captain Price, Price who yeah. never aged. Yeah, right, from World War II straight into the near future. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I mean, he was always the best character. Just make the, the game about him, you know? Uh, but anyways, so you're going to follow a 19-year-old kid from Texas. Uh, it's mostly going to follow him, um, and he's not going to do – he's not going to be like a ridiculous superhero jumping in planes and taking off and stuff like that. Um, and then you also are – regenerating health is going to be gone um and if you are running out of ammo you need to find somebody to borrow ammo from because you're not just going to randomly pick up weapons and stuff like that so which is going to change things up a bit at least in the campaign thoughts on that I we're just, just happy that it's well. going to world war ii <laughs> I mean, we talked talk before about what call of duty um what call we duty originally thought it just yeah. died a long time ago now yeah, well, hopefully it's really um, If it is, it is. If it ain't, it ain't. I mean, end of the day, they killed it to me um, with all this near future crap. I mean, I played Advanced Warfare because it had Kevin Spacey in it, and he's a brilliant actor. Yeah. The story was actually really good. <laughs> um, I did thoroughly enjoy the story of that campaign. I wasn't too keen on the exosuits, but hey-ho, uh, I didn't actually mind the survival-type mode that they put in. Yeah. But at the end of, uh, I think, round 10 or something, that they put the stupid zombie things in. Ruined it! Yeah. Um, sorry, way. so... It was, it was either go back to World War Two roots, or the next thing would have probably have had, I don't know, like, bullet time... Call of Duty or Mars. Agents... 
Oh. Oh, it would have been it would have been post apocalyptic. I mean, that's what you yeah, got to yeah. do after that, right? It, <laughs> Go post apocalyptic. Yeah, digital <laughs> world, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, Everyone no. Actually, to, to be yeah. fair, what they could have done was gone back to prehistoric time, Call of Duty dinosaurs. Oh, see, I wouldn't want to see that. We, we already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we kind of already. Um, hey, uh, ju- ju- just to just think. Hey. Look at this, kids! Call of Duty: World War Dinosaurs with zombies. Yeah, we've we've had too many decent games with dinosaurs in it. So, uh, well, then, were you saying something, maybe. Prince? Because you you said something, I didn't hear uh, what you said. I was just going to go on to say um, that the setting changes basically just a PR move. It doesn't matter anything for the quality of the game. What the nope. game really needs is um, like a, a year or story, two off. A memorable story. Mm-hmm. And a gripping multiplayer with multiple levels that will hook in new players like mm-hmm. 4 did and also keep people playing forever like 4 did. Yeah. That's yeah, what it needs. Right. And and hopefully, I mean, so th- obviously the setting changes is a very PR thing, but the no regenerating health and ammo is at least indicative that they're trying to make changes um whether they be good changes we won't find out until the game comes out Mm, that's a particularly risky aspect that one very much so yeah i'm hoping that you know they know what they're doing but i haven't seen a call of duty campaign that i've enjoyed in a while so we'll see we'll see how it goes when it was it when they were last doing sort of world war kind of ones wasn't it i um i I tend to get them mixed up with medal of honor as well Last proper Call of Duty campaign I really did thoroughly enjoy was back on the PlayStation 2. Um, Call of Duty Big Red 1. Sorry, Mm -hmm. Call of Duty 2 Big Red 1. And it was a brilliant campaign. And obviously they've moved on since then. I did enjoy the Black Ops campaign, the original Black Ops campaign and stuff like that. But they just keep I, making I wonder, stuff that sucks. I, I did wonder if there was some kind of connection because um, if you look at uh, in one of the um, in the trailer, there's a patch on the guy's shoulder, and it it is like a, an emblem with a giant red one on it. So, mm. how about if you look at the guy's time finger time. because uh, they didn't have plasters in World War Two, mate? Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. What I'm most hopeful for is the cooperative mode. That sounds interesting. I hope it's, I hope it's a fully fleshed out mode, not just like a few modes or like spec ops or something like that. I hope it's, it's got a good story and a, and a good feeling for for the two players to really sort of enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Well, so Call of Duty uh, WW2 is going to be coming out uh, this fall in November, and I am totally November third. Thank you very much. Um, so you can look forward to it. Say I don't like Call of Duty. I know a fair bit about it. That's what happens when you have a child that keeps begging you to pre-order it so he can get a stupid free poster and the beta. Of course. Oh yeah, yeah. They are uh, the the private beta. <laughs> yeah, that you can get into. See, if I wanted to have a private beta, I'd just have a birthday party for myself. Done. Yeah. Right. So in uh, other news, um, just a few small things. Uh, Darksiders 3 was announced today. Uh, they did not reveal a whole lot of information. Um, it's uh, over on IGN. They, they've got like a month of coverage. So we'll find out more over the next month or so. 
but I guess that means it, it'll be uh, finished about June, about E3 time. Yeah, um, it's going to follow uh, Fury, a uh, female protagonist hunting the seven deadly sins. We do not know who the hell Fury is, though. We don't know if this is some reimagining of some form of one of the uh, horsemen of the apocalypse or if this is tied to the seven deadly sins or what, we don't really know much uh, except that she's got some kind of looks like some kind of bladed whip or something, um, which is looking pretty neat, but uh, look for more information on that soon. Um, PS4 ships 60 million units. Ooh. So, yep. So uh, they, they ship 20 million units in 2016, which is actually really impressive. Um, and they forecast another 18 million in 2017, uh, which is obviously a 2 million dip, uh, this year over last year, which they didn't say anything about, but that could just be because it's been on the market for longer, or, uh, they could be announcing something at E3 that might, you know, impact that like a successor, uh, or it could just be, you know, that Scorpio is coming out. Which I suspect is probably going to be the bulk of the. It's the bulk of it as Xbox are revealing Scorpio at E3. Yeah. It's, going to, it's one of the main showpieces for Microsoft and Xbox at E3 this year. Yeah, they um. So they did the uh, what was it? Digital Foundry reveal with it. So they kind of got the specs out of the way, um, so they can do all the flashy bits at E3 and really push this thing. So they're going to, I imagine, focus a lot on the Scorpio at E3. Uh, yeah, as it's really powerful. I've yeah, seen the yeah. specs, and it makes me want to cry. I don't know. <laughs> I've, got, I've got flashbacks of the Xbox One reveal. I know, right? Like, just a little bit. But a lot, lot yeah, of hype, just rubbish presentation. I'm hoping yeah, the presentation exactly. for everything is going to be a lot better at E3 this year. I watched E3 last year, obviously the PlayStation side of it, and I nearly I fell asleep. I think I need. I think we need to make a put down. So when we do our E3, uh, we we need to um, take a guess at how many times they're going to say with the power of xbox scorpio or some such <laughs> uh, harnessing the power of xbox scorpio yeah, yeah. how yeah, many yeah. times that that is said through or uh scorpio powered exclusive something you know yeah <laughs> i wonder how how much longer sony are going to be able to have the tagline you know the most powerful games console uh well not until not for long end of the year <laughs> yeah right until uh the fall what, when it's out on the shelves, or when it's announced, or well, I think once yeah, it hits the shelves, I think before then. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they'll re they'll pivot their uh, marketing strategy well before then. Um, I mean, they've they've still got the you know power to the players and all that stuff, and I'm sure that that's exactly what they'll focus on. Is while uh, Xbox is saying games, games, games that look fantastic, Sony's gonna go. Games, games, games of all sorts of different awesome types. Uh, yeah. That's it's what Sony's definitely got over Xbox. You know? Well, Sony this year are going to go, hey, look at this. We've got day, uh, Days Gone. Days Gone, is it? Yeah, I think that's the name of it. It's a weird name, but yeah, I think that's the name of it. It's that one where uh, basically this guy was... On the motorcycle. Yeah, I think it is called Days Gone, and it really does look amazing. But 
It's uh, not enough to grip me just yet. Yeah, yeah, zombies, <laughs> not zombies, zombies. Nah, yeah. it looks good, but it's not enough to grip me just yet. Yeah, but it'll it'll certainly be interesting. So remember, uh, tune back in um, the week before E3 at the very latest, and we'll we'll be going over predictions and all that kind of stuff. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 7 appear to not be coming until at least 2018 based on uh, some reports to, uh, I believe it was the uh, board of directors or some such. Um, and basically, uh, the they fork, they were like, oh yeah, and these games coming out in fiscal 2018, which started in April this year and runs through March of next year. Uh, and among those was not included Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 7. Um, well, as I recall, it was um, there was a panel that said uh, fiscal eight, 2018 um, in American terms, which is um, until the end of March 2018. And Correct. among that list, actually, sorry, the important difference is it said 2018 and beyond. Um, and among that list, a selection of them were specifically labeled 2017, calendar 2017. Um, right. And these games were not in that selection. So it either means calendar 2018 or beyond which if i'm honest i think it's probably more towards the beyond section i i would probably agree i mean we're talking at the very earliest it's not even going to be early 2018 it's probably going to be like fall range of 2018 mm-hmm. and then even if they managed to aim there probably if they if they aimed for that it would probably still get delayed to 2019 mm-hmm. so um but eh, that's not to be that that's not surprising, I don't think, in the the slightest. Not at all. I think people, the news has just been latched onto uh, by a lot of sites for no particular reason. Yeah, and theoretically, they, it could still come out. But I think this was um, at least partially directed at investors. So, if if it was going to have that information, it would have had that information because you want confident investors. Um, but. It wasn't on there, but it could still, you know, they could be holding that for some kind of surprise E3. Um, I just, I, I really doubt that. That never happens with these. Like they haven't announced yes. it in advance just to have it do like a, what was it? Um, what was the last big game that Shadow dropped? Like they haven't announced it so far in advance to do an inside because they're not that kind of publisher. Yeah. Oh, um, the most recent one was uh, what's coming out in September this year? Fighting game? Uh, Tekken? Mortal Kombat? No, no. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, I think. It was mm-hmm. just like, hey, it's coming out in like six months. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, n- in nine months from uh, Announce, which was uh, PSX. So, And finally, uh, for those of you that really, really like this game, Rocket League has passed 30 million registered users, which is a fairly large number. Um <laughs> Yeah, granted, it, it started out as a PS Plus game, and so a bunch of people ended up getting it for free, but that is still up a million, unir, u, million users from March, where they uh, had 29 million users. So in the past month, they've gone up a million registered users. Uh, Sorry, that's me. I got bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... That game is still going and growing, and I think just last month they got uh, DLC. I think they got some. Um, I think before Forza announced it, they got some kind of Hot Wheels thing, and then they uh, yeah. did another another uh, Fast and fast, Furious one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
that game is still going strong, uh, getting new modes and all sorts of stuff. So good to hear. I'm, I'm glad it's doing well, uh, as uh, I'm sure Brad would also say. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have messaged Brad to say I really like Rocket League. <laughs> it's very nice of you being so cordial well, like that. I am a really nice person. This is what people yeah. don't understand. Yeah, that people are very mistaken. They are, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, that's that's it for the news. It's time for the topic of the week. Um, so I ended up playing the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I saw a bunch of reviews, and I was considering doing my own review for the first episode of the game, and I was like, eh, but I could totally put it off, or I could just wait, and I could just do a review for the whole thing, because I'm planning on playing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then the thought occurred to me, um, is it necessarily ethical for us to be reviewing these episodic games piecemeal, one at a time? Mm -hmm. So, what do you guys think? Do you see a problem with this? Um... um... It's just you. See, I like to play an episode. Obviously, I've been playing Telltale games since The Walking Dead. Um, one episode, I could think, say, uh, Bob was an absolute dick. And then the next episode, I could totally side with Bob and think Jim was an absolute dick. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I go, I review it on each episode and then overall, I give a review. Well, and so that's kind of where I'm coming from is like, there's a difference between discussing how a particular episode was and reviewing an episode and giving it, yeah. say, a score. You know what I mean? Because realistically, it's it's not these these games, you know, it's like, obviously, it's going to be X number of episodes. That's going to be the overall story. Um, and I don't know that it's like you're not paying, say, $25 for one episode. You're paying $25 for five episodes or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, so, I just like if I'm paying $25 for episodes, I want all my episodes there. And then uh, yeah, that's my problem. If I'm paying for a game, I want my game yeah, basically there but and then. then you can just play it on the day of the last episode and then you can Certainly. that would completely answer this whole question because then you would review the whole thing because if you had do all five you know minutes, you how long that would take me in a day no, but just well, go with us theoretically if you had all five yeah. in your hand would you review the first one and just publish that or would you review well, the yeah. whole thing you have in your hand I, uh, I the whole thing in my hand obviously that that's right that is like the age-old question Rock, paper, scissors. That's well, not uh, a question. <laughs> um, I, and I would sur- sort of agree. Like, I, I think if you had all five episodes, you would review the five episodes. Yeah. It, it would be kind of silly to go and, inter- and review each individual episode at that point. Yeah. Right? Uh, it, it's... And, um, Unless you're a YouTuber and you want to straight it out, stretch it out to five separate videos. for the- <laughs> Oh, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> Uh, five separate boring videos then if you have them all in one go I'm afraid it's like say if somebody reviewed um, take for instance Assassin's Creed Mm -hmm. and they only reviewed it on the first half hour of gameplay and not reviewed the entire game you 
then want to turn around to that person and say, well, hang on, you've not played the entire game. You've right. got the entire game, play it. Yeah, and, and you know, there's there's certainly something, there's there's an argument to be made that you don't necessarily have to finish a long game to, to review it, but this is not a, a long game. Ten hours no. is not an exceptional amount of time. So, mm. uh, and I'm just curious, I, I haven't actually checked because I always end up, you know, if I'm going to play it, I either wait and buy the whole thing, or if I'm really confident about it, I'll buy the whole thing all at once. Mm-hmm. Can you even buy the individual episodes anymore? Do they do that anymore? Yeah. Do you know what? I honestly, sure you can. I think they do. I've just not noticed it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I don't really pay attention to much uh, when it comes to that. I just tend to look for, say, season pass, because to me that works out cheaper. Yeah. But um, I only buy it if it's on sale. Might I just point that out? Yeah. I think I so, see, I think I might see what your point is here is that you can buy them as individual entities. So they are severable, which means that they should be considerable in separate entities. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure, even, even if you could buy them separately, I'm not sure that they necessarily even are, especially, and, and to be fair, in a lot of instances, I'm referring to like the Telltale style of episodic game. Um, because, you know, if you picked up like the Batman game, like I don't feel like any of those episodes really stands on its own. Like you can get to a satisfying conclusion for two to three hours of gameplay, but that is in no way a conclusion to that, to that story, you know? So even if it's possible to say that, you know, this could stand on its own, that that would be one thing, I guess, but this is not one of those instances. Like, I wouldn't say that you need to review the Lord of the Rings series as a whole. That's because, that's what I was, the example I was thinking of, is the Twin Towers a conclusion to its own story? Not at all, whoa, whoa, whoa. but it uh, is separate. Which it's Twin Towers? Yeah. Well, what? Second one, right? Which Twin Towers. Second one, yeah, that, that's the it's middle one. clue is in the name. <laughs> and, and interestingly, I mean, that that particular story is one book in three volumes, mm-hmm. uh, not <clears throat> actually three different books, according to the author, at least. Um, well, talking. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, so like, in that instance, like, I, could you review each one individually? Sorry, in which instance? Uh, Lord of the Rings. Well, yeah, yeah. you must, you must. And yet, uh, I would say that it's not. Sorry, really it's called really the Two Towers. To interrupt you, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, and in, and that's actually probably, I guess, maybe a better counterpoint is those stories I don't think really do stand on their own though. I mean, there is a certain finality to the battle of Helm's deep, for instance, mm-hmm. where you've got a good solid ending point, but I, I don't know that a lot of episodic games find enough conclusion in that span of time. Mm-hmm. Is it just me? Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to kind of argue both sides at the same time. Yeah. yeah. About, I know me too. <laughs> but, um, I think, with, ah, sorry, I've lost my train of thought. Just to go back a bit, because I've got too much on my plate. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Episode 1, you can buy at £5.35 currently. So you did find it. So you, yeah, that's what I was doing in the background. So, yeah, you can uh, get that as an individual entity, and therefore some people might want to know how good it is on its own. 
Um, but right. of course, most people will come to the logical conclusion that if you're going to buy a fraction of the story, you might as well buy the lot. And then if you're going to buy the lot, you might as well get the automatic discount discount on the season pass, even if it's not on sale, it's a saving. Um, but maybe because of budget reasons or because of testing the waters or because it's free to get episode one, as it usually is after a while, um, yeah. all those things come into play. One thing that always bothers me about um, the way that these things get reviewed is um, if the first episode goes out and everyone does reviews for it and that goes up as the Metacritic score, that goes up as like the headline review that you find when you search for the whole series... Yeah. Um, review it kind of overshadows the other four episodes because once yeah. it's finished very few people do a retrospective review of the entire thing they do like an episode five view or a whole review but mm-hmm. it doesn't kind of supersede all the episode one reviews that are out there as the sort of de facto this is what the walking dead review is right and, and that's particularly interesting to me because episode four of just about any telltale series is historically the worst one and so you've got this you know five part story say and you get to part four and the story is kind of a mess and if you're taking the entire thing as a whole that would generally hurt the review you know like uh well you know the part four of five kind of had poor pacing it kind of disrupted things yada yada Mm -hmm. but since we're taking them as individuals you know it's like well part four whatever you can just you know it kind of sucks why don't you just skip over whatever you know you can't Um, right well you can't yeah Uh, but uh i was listening to a podcast and somebody was like and you know they should just do a previously on and just skip the entire fourth episode and just do the previously on and pretend like it was actually there when it wasn't uh, rather than actually make a fourth episode because it's so consistently poor Mm. um so uh, it's kind of just it does i think bother me a little bit that these things are not reviewed on the whole and i feel like if you have a solid first episode, you can lead people to believe that this entire story is of a quality that perhaps it's not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And especially a lot of the, uh, hmm, I don't know how to say this, I suppose the more ambitious or the more complex episodic games, um, mm-hmm. they can't portray the whole thing in the first episode, especially if it's a new series, like, for example, um, Life is Strange. Yes. The depth of the first episode pales in comparison to the depth of the whole series arc. And the same can be said for The Walking Dead first episode, first season, when mm. people didn't know where this is going or what's happening. Like right. That does not portray the scope of the series. But to, they have to try and cram it in. To some extent, having it be held widely that the game is going to be reviewed, reviewed in pieces wouldn't that i don't know probably adversely affect uh, an overall or over an, uh, an overarching story mm. like re- retroactively over time i guess but there's less incentive to deliver a better you know a, a more complex story over the course of these five episodes if that's the case it kind of encourages people to do this kind of front-loading idea that yes. they overpromise and overproduce the first episode and then um after that if they're not being particularly ambitious um like you say they just 
kind of cop out for the other four episodes. But I don't think that's generally been no. true in the ones we've seen. But it could be, I guess, if yeah. if the um, if we take the idea of reviews piecemeal to the extreme, it kind of sets itself up for that fall. Right. I suppose that reminds me, the other thing that really bothers me about these is that um, whenever anyone does a review of an episode one in a five-episode series, like, half or more of the review is just um, built on, what's the word? Like, guessing, speculation, expectation, hope... You know, just right. like completely nothing in the actual game that you've played, just guessing what the other four episodes will be. Right. I, I, I don't know that that's necessarily true of better reviewers, but it's mm-hmm. it's very easy for that to happen, I would imagine, because realistically, it's like you are receiving only part of the story. Yeah. So there are there's plenty of story thread that is not being resolved, mm-hmm. which in a normal, you know, three act story would be a problem mm. you know if you got to the end and it was like well you know these these major threads appeared to be resolving themselves and did not that would be kind of an issue whereas we just kind of accept well it's part one of five so obviously it's not you know going to be wrapped up yeah but that's what i'm saying you're assuming that the threads that come up in, in the beginning will lead somewhere really? and they will be resolved but it's all and they just may not. yeah they and, may not they and I do believe there's been several instances of, of that happening. Mm. Um, though I cannot think of any in particular off the top of my head. I think Minecraft... Well, actually, there's been a ton of different opinions on Minecraft story mode, yeah. but um, it's one of those ones where the first episode was extremely dull, and then you either love it or hate it after that, because it goes in ways that aren't predictable from the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really didn't like that first episode, and it, mm. it a lot, it's... Some people really ended up liking that series, mm. so... Um, anything else to add, guys? You've been kind of quiet. Um, cheese. You know, okay. <laughs> so I think I think the moral of the story is, um, I don't know whether or not it's ethical, but uh, you should definitely uh, be cautious. I think if it's I guess so. Go with what you said that um, if you make a deliberate effort to view it with those constraints in mind, and like you say, the more uh, quality reviews won't fall into those traps. Right. So be be cautious, read the review instead of just going with the score. I think it's that's especially pertinent in this kind of situation to get an idea of where the reviewer's head was at. You know, well, mm-hmm. I like where things are going. That should be a trigger that maybe you shouldn't necessarily use this review as, as a buying guide, you know. Well, it's, I think that's important because obviously the first episode is all the information you have at the time and it's setting up right. for excitement for the series, especially if you're a player, you want to have that feeling. But at the same time, if like, if they're like, Oh, I see a lot of great things coming, then that shouldn't be a factor. But if they're saying I've seen a lot of good things and I like where it's going, then that, right. that tells you useful information. Yeah. So, so be cautious, read your reviews. I mean, it's the nature of your... the beast, isn't it? It's the whole mm. point of having, episodic games is you can get it supposedly faster and a continual stream of content so mm-hmm. why, why not do the review in the same to treat the review the same way you know you get That's a review point. of the initial bit and you get to see what you think about that but stick around as the following bits will come well and they, it, sh- they should probably go back and then 
review it as a whole um, for their final thoughts and things. And that's that's usually like I've seen places that will review TV episodes, and so I can kind of compare it to this. But then frequently you will get a review at the very end and be like, "So this, you know, here are the reviews for each individual one, and then here's an overall review of the entire season or whatever." Mm-hmm. It's like you know that that makes a whole lot more sense. I always find but it as I much. Don't... Sorry, you get yeah, another good example. I, I was just going to say I don't really see that very much in uh, episodic games. I always find those much harder to find in both circumstances, actually, personally. Yeah. Um, very easy to find single episode reviews, but they're useless if you're... Spe- if, especially if the season is already finished and you're trying to figure out if this season's worth watching. You, unless you're going to read all, like, 24 individual reviews, like, yeah. you can't really find out the state of the game after it's, it's finished. Yeah. Yep. I get what you mean. Yeah. Mm. All right. So, moving on. Uh, so. We didn't, uh, and we did not get to do the PS Plus games last week because we weren't here. Sorry about that. Um, so we're going to do them now, and actually, they are going live today. So you should be able to get those already. Um, so starting with yeah, the PS4, yeah, starting on the PS4, you've got Tales from the Borderlands. Ironically, we were just talking about episodic games, uh, but you should, I believe, get the entire thing in in one chunk. Mm. Uh, it's got thirty six trophies. Plus. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna get 36 trophies, a platinum, and the ratio is 1.09 because I Whoa. believe, like, I believe, like, just about every other Telltale game, uh, it's just the story. As you go through the story, you'll yeah. just unlock everything. Yeah, there's no missable. Yeah, for an entire game. Yeah, for an entire game to have a 1.09 ratio, that is literally people just stopped playing at some point and didn't finish. <laughs> um, you've also so. It gets a little hairy because you, for the past you know year and a half or whatever, North America and Europe have always received the same games. Um, but this month things got got a little bit mixed up. North America only is going to be getting Abzu for uh, it's going to be twelve trophies, uh, no platinum. It's going to have a one point five ratio, and then uh, the EU is going to get Alienation, uh, forty two trophies, uh, platinum, and one point eight eight ratio. Uh, there is a review on the site. I gave it a three out of five stars. If I remember correctly, it was a little bit dull. Um, I enjoyed, like, the shooting was kind of fine and everything, but the the loot system was not really grabbing me. So, kind of fell apart. For the yeah, PS3. In, in the, oh. between those two games, uh, I played Absur a while back and thought about it. I think that's probably the better deal, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I'd recommend yeah. that to people who are considering it and people who like, I don't want to set a high bar, but I mean, obviously it's similar to journey. And yes. um, if you like uh sea life and you like the kind of um, the journey structure of going on an adventure, um, then it's comparable. Don't have the same expectation of the same joy. And especially since there's no multiplayer built in, um, but if you feel like that kind of experience, then definitely don't miss it. It's only a few hours, so give it a try. You've got nothing to lose. Yeah, I, I have to agree. It's it's kind of interesting because I feel like the reception of Abzu has been a little bit tepid. People don't really talk about it a whole lot, um, no, and I think really that just All right, I think that just it. yeah, I think that just kind of comes down to it constantly being compared to Journey, which is just a phenomenal game. Um, 
But I think on the whole, Abzu is probably the better game. I haven't actually played it though. Ooh. So <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't actually played it just from what I've heard. It's, it's enjoyable. Um, but I did check the review on the site alienation. Um, I, th- I think I was probably on the low end for alienation realistically. <laughs> so um, I, I would definitely check around about that. Well, realistically it's free and you're going to get whatever your, your region is so <laughs> i'm still hoping that abzu comes to european ps plus for the same reason but on yeah, the trophy was... side Bye. yeah but um, on the trophy side um 42 trophies is obviously the better deal than 12 and the platinum in alienation uh yeah. for trophy hunters yeah um it, it is i think I'm surprised that it's only a 1.88 realistically because one of the trophies was like you had to reach max level mm. on a uh, permadeath mode, which would take you know probably 20 hours or something without dying. So one of the commenters said it's more than 40 hours uh, to get yeah. the full platinum. So that kind of puts me off. But yeah, I, I, the the thing is though, even with that permadeath, I think that the solution. I don't know that they've ever done anything about this. Is really just to you leveled up. Upload your save to the cloud. Keep playing. If you die, download your save. Keep going. You know. So okay. there. I think that's how you uh, kind of get around that. Uh, so for PS3, you've got Blood Knights, which has twelve trophies, no platinum, one point five eight ratio, and then uh, Port Royal Three Pirates and Merchants. I have <laughs> no idea what that is, uh, but it has a whopping sixty-two trophies. Um, it's got wow. a platinum, and the ratio is two point three three, which is the highest out of all of these games. Uh, and then finally, for Vita, you have Laser Disco Defenders with twelve trophies, no platinum, a one point nine ratio, and Typewriter. Sorry, Type Rider, twelve mm-hmm. trophies, no platinum, one point two one ratio. Uh, both of those are crossed by with the PS4. Um, the of those two, uh, Laser Disco Defenders kind of caught my eye. Uh, I've heard good things about Typewriter, so okay. um, that might be worth your time. But the uh, Laser Disco Defenders is sort of a um, uh, top-down, well, it might be a 2D. It's a 2D twin-stick shooter. Um, oh. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like a pixel junk shooter, um, except when you shoot, your shots bounce off of stuff and come back. So you need to be careful with your shooting because the more you shoot, the more difficult it is to dodge everything that's coming at you. Mm-hmm. So kind of an interesting premise. I don't know how, uh, how good it is, but cool. all right, it is time for popular trophies. Take it away. Ace. Okay, no. Uh, right. First thing, but, uh, oh, there we go. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> right. First thing we, we, we better crank out the old time machine, hadn't we? And, um, Drop yeah. back a week or two. So, so, oh, hey. Since we were not here last week, um, we're going to go back Prince, in time now. Hold on. We we uh, we love Prince and Prince in his uh, infinite wisdom and correctly so was like you know we we need to preserve the integrity of the data and so we made a point to uh, put all this information down from last week uh, so that we would have it now and we can, uh, discuss it. <laughs> so. <laughs> so here we go. Rewind back to 25th of April. <laughs> um, right. The 50 most popular trophies on TT. Uh, right. Let's see what we've got. Starting with, uh, right. It's gone down to only three entries from the previous six. So it's, it's not a lot of variety. 
but mm. uh, um, and the highest trophy win has less than 300 wins, so kind of, kind of a quiet week, really, I think. Um, and we had to say goodbye to three games from the previous week, which was yep. um, Slipping Below the Horizon, Zero Dawn has gone out of sight. Skyforge has soared <laughs> off from view. Hey. <laughs> Uh, and Skyforge has soared off from view. I, I still don't know what that is. All right. Um, <laughs> ukulele is, uh, I don't know, yodeling elsewhere. I don't know. Um, so yeah, yeah, those three have gone. <laughs> right, oh, I couldn't think of a punch for that one. Yeah. So, on with the actual three that were in the chart. Um, at number three, new entry, Full Throttle Remastered. It's uh, a new release. Uh, by the looks of it, I think it's a quick and easy completion. Uh, at the time, there were 238 tracked gamers, 140 had completed it for a completion of 58.82%. Sweet. Mm. That's uh, pretty good. Uh, it's, I mean, it's one of those ones, it's an old enough game at this point that you can find a guide that will tell you how to do literally everything in that game. So mm. I'm sure, you know, if you get stuck or whatever, it shouldn't be hard. Yep, was it spot 33 with probably <laughs> the most interesting names for a trophy? Okay, I'll put my lips on that. <laughs> hey, sixty wins. Bouchy, wow, wow. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna. I, I think it. They were talking about a motorcycle because it's called full throttle. Um, yeah. but that doesn't. That, but that doesn't make it that much better, really. No. <laughs> um, 160 wins plus 14 other trophies in the charts. So, um, a fairly Ooh. decent showing. <laughs> Um, not bad for a new entry. At number two, the second new entry is, uh, of course, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series. Uh, mm-hmm. Episode one, obviously. Yep. Um, uh, at spot 15, uh, Appetite for Destruction, 207 wins. Not bad. Uh, plus the other five trophies from the uh, episode one uh, pack, all present in the chart there. Oh, sorry. Is, is episode two out? Did I miss that? Uh, no, no, it's um, yeah. just all of the episode one trophy. All, all the oh, 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 okay. Trophies. I got you. Okay, I was reading that. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Did I miss something? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so that they, they all had a presence in there. So um, unsurprising, really. I think people start episode one are probably going to finish it within a play session. Yeah, I think um, the last time I talked about it, I hadn't actually finished it. But basically, everything I said what two weeks ago about that game held through the uh, entire rest of the episode. So take what you will of that, I guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, which leads us at number one for the third consecutive week in a row is Prince's favorite persona five. <laughs> Still showing strong with 29 out of the 50 t- uh, trophies. I think what Prince has done there is he's paid people to play the game, right? You're never proven. That's what I think. That's what he's done. Yeah, it's it's all happened in the metaverse, so there's no evidence. Will will his money hold on then for a fourth week? I think. Would it be the first to get to four weeks? I don't think we've had any that have been constantly at number one for four weeks. Yeah, I think some, like Horizon, I think, was on there for four weeks, but not at number one. Yeah. Uh, I think Horizon... Well, we'll find out. Yeah. We will find out. We'll find out. 
next week. Which is time travel to week, the present. Right, right, right now. Back, back, <laughs> back to the present, quick. <laughs> it's your kids, Marty. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you, it's your kids. <laughs> Alright, we're back <laughs> to the 2nd of May. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, right, and we're back up to six entries. Woohoo! Yeah, right. How about that thing that Trump just did? Because that always applies. The highest one trophy, though, is still less than 300 wins. So, no, a lot of people are still busy. What up with that? Play more games, unlock more trophies, people. We had to say goodbye to two games from last week. Not surprising. But we have two re entries. And some new entries. So, bump from the list, probably not very surprising, is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series. Um, mm-hmm. Anyone who starts that is probably likely going to finish episode one in a week and just be yeah. for the next. Um, and Full Throttle Remastered. So, again, I think the people who wanted in on that have been in, got their trophies and got out fairly quickly. Yep. Or it's gone into their uh, long-term... Uh, Backlog pile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll play it next time, okay. Yeah. Next time. Next time. So onto the chart. We start with three new entries. We've got uh at number six, Dragon Quest Heroes two at spot fifty. Just just making it in there in the chart. Uh trophy winning beginnings, hundred and sixteen wins. That's the nice. one with the crazy title, right? The something world tree and the blight below or something like that. It's like the the actual full title of that game is like twelve words. <laughs> huh. I think that's yeah. a different. Dragon I think that's Quest. a different one. Okay. Yeah, this one just came out. Was it end of April? I think. Uh, maybe I might be wrong. I'm gonna check real quick. Continue. Okay. <laughs> uh, at number five, second new entry. Um, is Little Nightmares at spot 44, Trophy the Prisoner. I was looking at that earlier. Mm-hmm. I've heard good things. I've so. not heard anything about it. Me and my wife went to have a look in Smith's Toy Store, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it was there, and she says, what about that? I've not seen that before. I says, neither have I. Mm. And I wanted to buy it, but I wasn't 100%. Okay. Oh. 121 wins, but no other trophies, so that's interesting. We were just kind of dabbling in with that one a little bit, and not not so many other trophies for the game. Yeah, it's... Um, it's another I, new release, from, I think. Yeah, from what I understand, so it, it's... Uh, I'm, I'm going to say this, but very loosely in the vein of Inside. I guess it's got a sort of similar dark tone and aesthetic but it, the character's a little bit more cartoony and the uh, story is not nearly as abstract mm-hmm. um, so I, I've heard good things but I haven't actually played it yet and I'm probably going to end up playing it because I'd like to give that a shot if it's anything like Inside mm. Okay, uh, number four, uh, last new entry, Outlast 2 spot 41 Ooh. What God Has Joined 124 wins uh, and no other trophies. Unique. Yes. Well, just P 
people starting and getting that one, but not so many other wins. I mean, <laughs> there's not a lot in it between the wins of these ones. 116 wins, 121 wins, 124 wins. All very close yeah. together. These ones, so they're they're all Fighting kind of just slaps. yeah, basically yeah, yeah. At uh, at the end of the of the trophy chart, so the surprise re-entry at number three. Uh, peering over the horizon is Zero Dawn once again. Hey. It's back. <laughs> it's back. Oh, it's back, baby. Vengeance. Recovered a oh, powerful God. weapon. 156 wins, plus seven other trophies from Horizon Zero Dawn have also snuck back in. Where's so, that story? People coming back to finish it off? Did they release a patch and fix something? Or just... Uh, uh, they did recently release a patch, but I don't think it fixed anything major. Like it, it introduced the ability to listen to uh, music, your own music, or something like that. Um, maybe just the fact of a patch has just spurred people to put the game in. And oh, you've got to update, put the disc in, okay? And then you're like, yeah, oh, I might right. as well play it for a bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. Which at number two. Prepare yourself, Prince. You might want to sit down. <laughs> Sliding down to number two is Persona 5. Uh, but still seems... holding very strong. Uh, Pyramid of Wrath collapses. 192 wins and 32 other trophies within the top 50. Booyah! So Domination! <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, I, I think Prince's checks were bouncing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've only no, just I just went for quantity this time. Ah, mm. uh, okay. Uh, that was at spot seven, which leaves at number one. High. Yeah, <laughs> leaves at number one our our other re-entry, The Walking Dead: A New Frontier, at spot yep. number one. Uh, this will be due to episode four DLC release, I believe. Boo! <laughs> the trophy <laughs> is across the water. 293 wins, plus five other trophies, which is probably the remainder of the DLC pack, I believe, uh, are Gee, present when? in the top. And they're, they're all the top uh, six trophies. So people hitting that hard this week. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of trophies in Persona, I've got to say. See, <laughs> yeah. they're, totally, they're totally gaming the system so that they end up hitting the charts over and over. It's totally a thing <laughs> that they're doing. There, which... there you go, yeah. 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 But on yeah. the other hand, there's something to be said for the one that has the the longest time in the chart, though. And the trouble with these episodic ones is that they're in one week and out the next, so... Um, so that's what my bank account says. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so, is Persona or Horizon going to be higher next week? Persona. <laughs> Definitely. Not much 32 in it. trophies. Wins, wins. Yeah, but 33 but trophies. Persona, Persona edges it out with more trophies in the chart, though. And also, um, we can see the same trend that we've seen a number of times before, is that um, it's moving along the story. The most common trophy, which takes the top spot, is moving along the story. Yeah. Um, yep. So as long as it that trophy doesn't say end of story, I think yeah. it will still be in the charts somewhere. Of course, the number of trophies will decrease over time, but... Yeah, recovered a powerful weapon. If I'm not mistaken, is uh, a very late game uh, trophy for Horizon. Mm-hmm. It's a secret one. Yeah, sounds mm-hmm. like a late story one. I've yep. still not played Horizon, so have I? Mm-hmm. All right, so, so the, there we go. Interesting to see what our, we get next week. Yeah, those are our popular trophies. Um, 
So we're going to get into what we've been playing, and obviously we've been playing a lot because it's been two weeks. Um, so we're going to start out with uh, a highlight from last week, right? It came out last week. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch? Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. That was uh, the the day we uh, would have recorded last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Quite a short game. I, I think I probably finished before we would have recorded the episode. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I, that was I, the answer. A finger. <laughs> yeah um it's you're looking at it it's probably like a 90 minute game maybe two hours um, um and, and then to get the any outstanding trophies uh you're looking at maybe another 30 minutes if you miss the trophies the first time most of them you can get i think on the way for me i spent about three hours going through the story and then the cleanup was less than half an hour yeah mm-hmm. Because it's very very easy to um, get any trophies as long as you didn't miss the main like there are I think two gold trophies and those ones are for doing actions throughout as long as you don't miss those you can mm. do any of the others by cleanup so I mean maybe I'm jumping the gun a bit but if we start with uh, what we'd recommend for other people getting trophies you don't need a guide for this game apart from the two um, gold trophies which are basically just interact with the main objects of the story so. Um, if as long as you're really playing the game and exploring, you won't miss those. those and there are there are guides on the site. Mm. I I, uh, I went through real quick, and and for what was a little bit um, maybe obscure, I just tried to put down at least a little bit of information so it made sense. Um, mm. So it, it's not thorough by any stretch, but there is a little bit something if you're having any trouble. Sure. But with the other. Um, the other trophies, the non-goals, I think they're a little bit spoilery, and none of them are secret either. So mm. if you go and read the trophy list, you might like slightly detract from the game. Yeah, definitely don't do that. Um, yeah. I, it really will take you no more than like a half an hour if you've to get almost all of the trophies. Like the if if there's any that you missed, you can get them in about a half an hour. Um, mm. Go back after you've played the game and look at the list yeah. and pay attention because there are. There's like one section of the game where there's like two trophies, I think, and I didn't realize that, and so yeah. I uh, had to go back and play it. You have to remember time. what was where. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but there's a chapter select, which is why it's so easy to get things. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, and you can use it to get just parts of things and whatever, so it's really not bad at all. Mm. But more importantly, what did you think of the game itself? I thought it was pretty good. Um so this uh, this is the game we talked about before it released, uh, made by the same people who made uh, the Unfinished Swan, right? Giant Sparrow yeah. is the yep. And that game was about a boy who goes through uh, in, on like a adventure into a magical uh, area, and the main hook of it was throwing paintballs. But the real depth mm-hmm. of the game was in what you discover, like the childhood right. joy of discovery. And um, this game kind of, it comes from that same school of thought, but it has a completely different approach. It's it's sort of overshadowed by this huge, it's like, it's really uh, macabre. Um, mm, it's really yeah. morbid. It's about Sorry. going to a house where loads of people have died. I'm going to try not to spoil too much, I suppose. Maybe I said that it's, today. Well, I mean, so to be fair, that's like probably the only... So that is a little bit of a spoiler, but it's impossible to talk about this game without talking about that. Yeah, I knew that um, before going in, before it was even released. 
Yeah, uh, and and that's that is covered. Um, and interestingly, if I'm not mistaken, that is the common thread between the two games, too, isn't it? In a right. way, I suppose. Um, it, it's because the the first one is explore a kid exploring his mom's unfinished painting. Yes. Um, and so this yeah, game I, I think is I see what you mean yeah. Yeah, so um, this this particular game is about exploring this house and um, the people who lived there who um, usually died untimely deaths um, of various sorts. Uh, but it's really kind of interesting how it approaches that mm. um, because he, you'd be forgiven for thinking that it's going to be very gone home and you're just exploring a house. It is quiet. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, the exploring the house itself is very much so, but unlike Gone Home, uh, much of the game plays out uh, through vignettes. Oh yes, um, and and each part of each vignette is rather different um, and very interesting in that regard. A little disorienting the first time you're going through the game because <laughs> yeah. there's there's there was one part where like all of a sudden you're you're using the twin sticks to like control somebody's legs. And I was like. <laughs> What am I supposed to be doing here? And it takes a little bit, but uh, it, it is very interesting. It does kind of attach you to the game in an yeah. interesting way. Um, I think that's what makes the game unique and yes. worth exploring. Um, because, I mean, no, sorry, that's not right. That's one of the things that makes the game unique and worth exploring. Um, because the the way it tells individual stories is in completely different uh like vignettes like you called them um mm-hmm. and the gameplay is completely different in each one and the yes. visuals are different basically it's like you're playing a completely different game briefly but it makes it makes sense in the universe um yes. so it's like a different gameplay experience um without disrupting the overall like some games try and cram too much in uh because yeah. they want to be all things to all people but this isn't that it's more like this person was a completely different person and we're going to convey that in a completely different way. Um, yeah. And um, I like the, the creativity of it because they're things you wouldn't expect. And it just kind of, that's kind of what the game's all about. I suppose you, you've got this very basic premise, but things happen. It's not like a uh, Shamlan twist. It's more like right. just interesting and unique individual things happen all the time. Um, well, to yeah. Keep you going. Uh, and in fact, uh, to an extent, you you know very well what's going to happen. Like, very rarely was I entirely surprised as to what happened. Um, but despite that, the way you interact with the game, the use of the two sticks to do various things mm-hmm. very sort of organically um, kind of attaches you to what's going on. Uh, and so... Like you're you're playing through this story part, and you kind of already know where it's going, but it literally is one of those kind of journey to get there kind mm-hmm. of things. It's like you are very attached to that story by going through those motions, even <clears throat> though you know where it's going. Yeah, it's kind of at, at first you like stumble up to this place from the outside, and you're wondering, you know, what kind of is the scope of this game? What's going to happen? Um, and you only know the very basic premise. And then yeah. as you go through, sort of partway through, you start to understand the structure of the game. And you sort of, you're sort of thinking, is it like Gone Home? Is it not like Gone Home? Is that, is it kind of going to become like everything, like the house is going to unfold itself, like in Gone Home? It doesn't, um, 
like I don't want to say too much about whether it does or well, not because the speculation is what Gone makes it Home. interesting. Gone Home is a very good game as well. I've um, not yes. played it yet, honestly. I but will it's different. Because in yeah. Gone Home, you kind of discover everything by reading letters, and there's like different things like that, like small things that you discover around the house. And a lot of what makes Gone Home very special is the way that the house unfolds itself um, yeah. in unexpected ways. Like when you first walk in, it's like a average house and then once you've finished and you look around you're like was all this here to begin with um yeah. it's not um i don't want to say too much um about what happens in either finch but um the way it sort of portrays itself from one story to the other story to the next story like it's quite interesting and the way that the house itself is a character in this narrative is unique in the way that gone home didn't have um yeah. and the the house is bizarre. Like I mean, it's in the poster. It looks yeah. nothing like a normal house, and that's kind of the no. the sort of the central um, suspension of disbelief in the story. In that this house is not like anything realistic. So you have to yeah. kind of go in and experience these stories in a kind of like um like a uh, like what was the story with um oh I, I can't remember now. <laughs> but there are um, boy girl. There was one with, um, like, Jim Carrey, I think. He played, like, this bizarre man who... And these two children... Oh, Lemony Snickets. That's the one. Yeah, it's kind of like that that kind of surrealism. I was thinking Tim Burton a little bit as well, um, without without being as dark. Um, Yeah. I mean, it it questions whether or not this family is um, cursed or not. Yeah, because uh, it, yeah, it I like very that much idea. appears so, but it, it never gets into weird occult stuff where it's like, oh, obviously they're cursed. Like, there's no hint at any right at, at anything that would obviously be supernatural, except for the fact that people are dying prematurely. Like that, something happens and they they just die, you know. And it's it's kind of understandable, you know. One of the instances, you know. I'm not even going to get into that, but um, yeah, it's it's a very interesting story, and it's very much about um, like it's usually viewed in a way that kind of frames everything from a first person perspective. It goes through what the family around this person thought of what happened, yeah, um, which is absolutely fascinating, um, and I, I think that particularly with the way the vignettes are done, you get sort of there's a sense of dread that you actually get from playing these vignettes. Because <laughs> you don't know what else is in the house. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, not just that, but I mean, like, kind of knowing what's going to happen, you know. Oh, I thinking, see. You okay, mean when you're playing the individual characters? You, yeah, you're you're playing as a character and you know that uh, either that character or some other character nearby is going to die. Like, <laughs> you're in this vignette and you know it's going to happen and you never really see it, but you know it's going to happen <laughs> and it builds this sense of sort of dread that like like I, I got I would get into a vignette and I'd be like, oh God, what's going yeah. to happen? Mm. You know, <laughs> is this what's going to happen? And I, I think it's pretty great. I think that's also like the whole air of mystery is expertly done in this game in a way that um, like in Gone Home, it's very subtle, but in here it's very like looming, like a huge dark shadow looming over uh, because you, the first, when you first go, um, you get this, um, you get like a, you have a book and it has a huge family tree in it. And obviously they're names that you don't know at this point in the story. But as you go, like 
you sort of figure out who's alive and who's dead and like what when and where and you realize it's much more complicated than like a boring normal family tree like any of us would have um yeah well when when you when you look at it like i, I didn't know that people died in this like story like i didn't know that that's what it was about and so like I was walking, and at the very outset, she's like, I haven't been back here since my brother died. And you're like, whoa. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. pretty um, and then you, uh, I'm looking at, I, I had looked at the, the book, which is also your sort of menu screen. And I realized, I, like, after I heard that, I went back and looked at it, and I, you know, you realize that, like, nobody has lived past the age of 50. And you're like, holy <laughs> crap. Um, but, yeah, and, and you play over the course of, like, 100 years. So, like, you're going as this person, but the stories take place starting in like the early 1900s if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. uh, so one of the oh no i lost that train of thought now <laughs> um well is, was there anything else i, I think we should uh okay move on. A, a different thing i was going to say is that yeah. the strength of the vignettes is extremely good um mm-hmm. and they're not just like some of them are sort of jolly rumps but actually the power of them is quite uh intense yes. and so i think I, I can't remember which one it was but one of them you have to obviously make an action to move the story along and it was one of the hardest things i've ever had to do in a game um and that was pretty intense for something especially for something that's such a short story you don't have like 100 hours to build up your relationship with the characters they just very are really yeah. like really intense and really uh, relatable i'm just going to take a stab are you talking about the spaceman um yes Yes, I I one hundred percent agree. That's one so, of the hard. Like you just you're like no no no. You know, like in Spec Ops: The Line, where you're like, okay, I'm gonna put this game down and walk away. Like no no, I'm not gonna carry on this story. But you just and, have to. <laughs> in in Spec Ops, there's another part that's very much like that. On the second playthrough, you know what what's coming, yeah. and it's very much like that. Where it's like I actually had to like put down the controller and walk away for a second and then come back because i needed the goddamn trophies and so i'm, I'm a terrible human being but, um anyways yeah so uh i think we could both say uh definitely recommend it um if you have that curiosity if you are willing to go through the morbid uh situation the curiosity i yeah. think it pays off even if you're coming from a position um of it- a bit more having a bit more on yourself like a bit more of a weight yourself maybe um you can see or absorb more from the game if you're if you're into that kind of story driven kind of it's it's simplified gameplay but you know if you're into that type of story and gameplay i definitely recommend it um it's the the context is a little bit different it's definitely more morbid than many games of its ilk but i would definitely give it a go um if if you're into that kind of game um, okay, so uh, we, we've got cast members here who are uh, falling asleep, so which one of you wants to go first? <coughs> what were we talking about? Sorry, I forgot. Uh, what, do you, what have you been playing? Games. Oh, well, since the last time we spoke, uh, I <laughs> well, have... You mean uh, 15 minutes ago? No, 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 no. Two or three. <laughs> when Prince wasn't... Yeah, yeah, here. I got you. Uh, I... Platinumed uh, Rainbow Ghost Recon Siege Six. <laughs> uh, you 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 platinumed uh, the Tom Clancy game. Yeah, Rainbow Division. Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy's uh, Ghost Recon. Obviously. Tom Tom Clancy's Far Cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just say Tom Clancy's Far Cry: The Division. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, Rainbow right. Six Siege. 
Um, so good on that. That's good to hear. Um, and since then, I've been going with being ill between Forza Horizon 2 and I've just started riding on the PS4 today. Yeah. Sweet. Um, I guess then, Ace, what have you been up to? Um, so, I can't remember if I mentioned this last time or not, but um, I did a little um, detour from uh, Max Payne and I was playing uh, Wipeout HD. Yeah. HD you're, you're, you're telling us, I think, that um, you realized something that made it significantly easier than the last oh, yes, time. <laughs> yeah, I realized half of the game mechanics I must have missed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I have, um, I hadn't played the Fury campaign yet, but I have, I've finished that now, um, mm-hmm. which is good, but of course, um, still several trophies in the main campaign that are just a nightmare. I've done the online, the multiplayer, that was good, found a session, got some guys together. After about half an hour of trying to get a room to start, or uh, would you call it a room, or hey, a lobby? Hey, are you like really that? wanting to get a room to start? Because I'm sure we'll all find one. Yeah, there's a motel up the street. They uh, go oh, <laughs> a game room, a, a lobby, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. They, I don't know why they call it, you know, create room or join room. I'm like, oh, okay. Create yeah, room. Um, create yeah, a lobby it, room. Back with an error, and then someone managed to make one, and then they backed out of it, and then they couldn't create one again. I'm just like, oh, so, mm. what? Yeah, eventually, after it let me create one, I, I made sure not to ever back out. <laughs> yeah, right. It's um, it seems a bit dodgy, but then I think Studio Liverpool did um, fold, didn't they? And, yeah, and the game is yeah. nine years old. Yep. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, but I think someone, I think someone else has got it now. Sony gave it to someone else to look after, and they're um, yeah, but they're on the ones doing the remaster, aren't they, for PlayStation Four Omega Collection that's coming out? Right. right, that's that would be my bet. Whoever is. Uh, you know, handling that is probably responsible for the servers for this. Yeah, which probably along the lines of um, uh, Gears of War is sort of low on their priority list, I think. Absolutely. Much like it was Very for, nice. I want to call them Black Tusk, it's not that, is it? What did they change the coalition? It's yeah. probably much on the, yeah, which is unfortunate. On the priority list. Uh, well, the Vita... I'm just saying, Black Tusk was a way better studio name. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, but yeah. Um, well, the servers have been rubbish for years. Completely unusable. Um, and it's amazing, isn't it? You go back to a game you haven't played in Donkeys, you remember being really hard, but you know, after a little bit, I managed to get, get the hang of it and got some of those trophies. Got, got quite a few of them. Some of them weren't too bad, but uh, I have to say, I don't know how I'm going to platinum it. You know, getting getting elite gold with those AIs, they're just, they're just perfect the way they go around Different. the track. They're mean. They're mean. They, they get quakes, and I'm lucky if I see a, a quake pick up once in an evening, you know? You've got to become <laughs> Tron to win. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> What's that? You've got to become Tron yourself if you yeah. want to win. Uh, yeah, it, funny. it's horrendous. You know, yeah, and there are some tracks on there I'm just not very good at. You know, um, mm-hmm. some aren't too bad, but, uh, oh dear. It's uh, it's a toughie, but I think I've probably got about most of what I can get out there. Um, you know the other the other ones like getting up to zone seventy five. I'm not sure if I've got the willpower. <laughs> to, yeah, in to, go, to go through that um, and get to something like fifty, sixty, or something, and and wipe out. That would just um, yeah, yeah, that would be awful. 
But it's a shame because it, it reminds me how much I enjoy racing games. And this, when I say racing games, more like the the combat Arcade. racing games. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it's basically futuristic Mario Kart, isn't it, really? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. I kind of love that, obviously. It's rekindled that kind of joy, so... Well, you know what came out recently? Mario Kart yeah. 8. <laughs> As if there was anyone you hadn't heard. It's only yeah, the best I don't, because I saw on a Facebook selling group the other day, some woman was selling Mario Kart 9. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I you know, oh, and it was a photo of Mario Kart Eight. <laughs> uh, apparently, very much paid attention to the packaging. I'm sure. <laughs> well, what can you say? It's Facebook. Right. You don't need a degree to work it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so I got messed with that. That was kind of cool. Um, I'm now thinking about: Do I want to do it on the PlayStation Four again? But yes. then it no. comes with <laughs> it no. comes with. Um, Wipeout 2048, which I didn't get on Vita. Don't. So <laughs> don't. <laughs> you know, I've I've said that to myself on several occasions, and it's like, oh yeah, it'll be a breeze, and then it's a friggin' slog. You know, <laughs> these are some of the hardest popular games. You, you realize you realize just how much luck you had the first time, and you're like, oh god damn, that was bad. I was hoping they might have toned it down a bit. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, you were unhappy about extremely long games, and. So this is one of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's not. This thing, it's not extremely long. It's it's extremely frustrating, isn't it? It's not. It's got a lot of replayability. well. But check back in fifty hours with your platinum, and we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> the platinum you won't have in fifty hours. By the way, that was the undertone. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. But it, but it didn't. Most of it didn't feel like a slog, though. No, it, I, I just mean if, hey, if you enjoy it, level, you have to like keep practicing as much as like Lewis Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. Platinum it and get the elite. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, that's like a handful of the trophies, isn't it? Majority of it, I managed to get the Fury. wasn't too bad. That was good. Yeah, um, but yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I've always loved the Wipeout series, so to not have it on PlayStation Four all this time has been criminal. But then I they go and do a remaster. So, so Wipeout, Wipeout is Ace's Final Fantasy. <laughs> he he has to get it. it. There's there's a game, and he has to get it. <laughs> well, I just saw or, or his collection. Friend, will be I remember you. You know the Man of Hours. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The original on PlayStation One is probably epic. Well, yeah. Being being real, to some extent, Final Fantasy does that. Even though they tend to mix stuff up a little bit, it's like, oh, Shiva, my old friend, how are you? <laughs> Free, freeze the hell out of this person. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. All right. So, so, yeah. so I've been uh, playing uh, Banjo PS4. You've uh, been playing a Banjo PS4. You know, from yeah, Texas. Uh, you know. Yeah. All right. What kind of sound yeah, does that make? So, so, so I've been playing. I played a little bit more ukulele, and then I promptly put it down. Uh, <laughs> I was just, I just, I got to a point, and it, granted, it was like kind of a hidden away spot in a level, not not drastically so, just you know, not easy to see. And so I got there, and it was obviously supposed to be like a challenge room, uh, except that it did a bunch of things wrong. Uh, you were in this difficult platforming challenge room where. Most of the surfaces were slippery, so you had to use an ability 
to navigate over these surfaces that used your stamina, which would eventually run out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had to do it in the dark. So you couldn't see anything. You, you could eat a little thing that made a small space around you glow. Are you sure that was an, uh, an ability you could use to light up the place? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm quite sure. Because okay. if, you, if you eat this thing, you, you glow. And so you can see space around you, but you okay. couldn't see the rest of the, I mean, granted, there may be an ability later on that's like, oh, yeah, if you eat this one thing, the entire space lights up. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, it, it very drastically changed from outside to inside. It was just like everything was dark. Um, and you had to go along this sort of track and, and granted you could increase your stamina. So it probably would have been easier for me later on, but what kind of broke it for me was you're on these platforms. And if you fall off of the platform while you're going really fast, because your stamina is going to run out, you get returned to the very beginning of the area. Mm-hmm. And after doing well and moving a little further and a little further and a little further over the course of like a half an hour, mm-hmm. It was getting to the point where if I fell off, it still took me like two or three minutes to get back to where I was. Mm-hmm. And then I got around this corner finally, and I got to this spot where the um, it was kind of like Ninja Warrior, where you had to go up this long corridor and jump from a platform on the right that was slanted to the left, to the right, to the left. And on the, these platforms were the little feathers that you use as currency, which you have to get all 1,010 of them for a trophy. Mm-hmm. And so you're going really fast on a slippery slope, and if you miss one of these things, even if you make it to the end, you would still have to come back and start this area from the very beginning and go through two to three minutes of this platforming again just to get one piece of a 1,010-piece trophy. And I was like, screw that. <laughs> <laughs> it just It got to the point where it just kind of broke. I was like, you know... It's bad enough, like, if you can't see where you're going, that's kind of a bad game mechanic to begin with. Like, it can be done well, and it certainly works setting atmosphere in, like, survival horror games or whatever. But, like, if you're if you're taking away their senses, that's not a good way to make things difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, there are better ways of making things difficult, and that, that was not a good way to do it. I think and that the idea work. that... The, the um, idea that... Huh? You go, you finish. <laughs> But the idea that they made it that difficult and then expected you to go back at some point for that one thing because it's a trophy, mm-hmm. they obviously expect that some portion of people will go back for it. It's like, you just don't care that it takes me this long to get to this point, And if I don't do it perfectly, then it's going to cost me more time. So I just kind of said I was done with that. And, but if you, you know, do that at the end of the game when you have all the upgrades, wouldn't you have loads of stamina to make it much easier? Yeah, but see, the problem is that if, while you're going along, I mean, your, your, your control is reduced while you're using this ability. So you stick to the surface better, but you slide side to side a lot. Mm-hmm. So if you even adjust improperly just a little bit, you would skid past it. Mm-hmm. and probably bump into the thing at the end and when you bumped into the thing at the end you would slide off into the abyss so okay. it was like it just like it added layer after layer after layer and then you had to do it in the dark and it was like it just if there was a checkpoint i totally understand it's like that's what makes super meat boy good it's like it's 30 seconds so you're flying through this level really fast if you die you start over you're not really far off from where you were if you're you know, playing Dark Souls and something is hard and it takes you a long play- time to get there. You see what mistake you made. It's really your fault. 
mm-hmm. you know, so you don't really fault the game. I love hard games, but this was just kind of, it was like, if you're playing a game, a good difficult is one that, you know, ramps up, you know, you play a series of chess games. And if you mess up a chess game, you start from the beginning of that chess game and you build up to this really hard chess game. This was more like, it wasn't particularly difficult. It was like easier, you know, medium difficulty, but you had to play it in the dark and you had to play 10 games in a row. And if you messed up on game nine, you had to start all over from game one. Huh. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I was just yeah. like, that, that, that's just not a good idea. So I ditched that. Um, and then went and played a crap ton of persona. Um, and I'm like 30 hours into that now. So good. good. Yeah. Um, which is definitely good. Um, the game is actually fantastic with the caveat that if you are not familiar with weird Japanese translation stuff, localization stuff, uh-huh. you, you may be turned off from it. Okay. Um, I just, I find like that sans and the chan and so on. Not even so much that, like I'm sure you can kind of get the hang of that, but um, there are certain quirky things about it that if you're not used to the weird Japanese quark from other things, then you may not enjoy this. Cause like okay. my, my wife was sitting down and watching it and you know, she, she knows what anime is and she understands San and Chan and Kun and all that kind of stuff. Like she understands that stuff, mm-hmm. but it's, it feels like it's got that weird quirkiness of like, you know, late nineties, early two thousand anime stuff where it was like just it's odd because of the way it was localized. Um, and I think if, if you're not particularly used to that, I think if you're used to it, you're willing to forgive it. And okay. I think if you're not used to that, it could turn you off. Okay. Makes sense. I don't, I don't really know what you're talking about, but okay. <laughs> it's, it's a, uh, Bad translations. You you remember like bad translations back in the day? You would sort of look at it and go, "Huh, that's strange." But then you'd end up playing all of Final Fantasy VII, and you'd be like, eh, "Whatever, you know, it's not a big deal." But there are bad translations in there. If you're not used to that kind of thing and you're not willing to forgive stuff like that, then you're probably not uh, going to enjoy this because it, it just Persona has some issues where like it really sometimes the the bad part is just the dialogue, and it, if you are not willing to forgive that then you're probably gonna hit a hit a spot and just be done maybe i don't know i didn't notice any dialogue that i disliked but then again i did grow up on uh, late 2000s anime so right. maybe i'm inadvertently used to it yeah and in, until it was pointed out like i did notice like some things were turning me off a little bit but i just i was like yeah whatever and i just kind of pushed past it and i had a good time um but now that i've thought about it like I go back and I'm playing it, and sometimes like the things that are being said just don't make any friggin' sense at all. <laughs> like, well, I grew up watching Pokemon, but it was the prop Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. So you know, um, it, it may be a little bit tough if you're not used to forgiving that kind of stuff. You you know, you kind of get trained to look past it. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know that it would necessarily work if you're not used to doing that. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of the game after this amount of time in? really enjoying it i'm intending to go back and and play a whole lot more of it and uh when i'm on the plane to london in a week or whatever i'm probably gonna play uh golden so (laughs) 
it's, but you don't want to get intertwined between two at the same time. Then you have so much juggling oh, in your uh, head. Oh, certainly not. No, I mean, if I don't beat Persona Five before then, then I am not going to because I don't want to do that. It's uh, quite unlikely. If <laughs> yeah, no, I know that, but. Then again, my wife is leaving um, on Saturday, so mm-hmm. I'll have several days where I have nothing to do but play Persona and work. So. Okay, good luck. I hope yep. you can do it. <laughs> uh, anything else from you, Prince, before we... For me, I've just been playing Persona 5 as well, so... Loving the crap out of it? Yeah, yeah. I'm get- I wanted to finish this, the first playthrough today, <laughs> but I've, I've... You know, there's so much more. I always think, yeah. oh, it's only like so many weeks on the calendar i'll just blaze through it and then it takes me a yeah. whole day so no i've yeah. got a way to go still and then one day ends up taking you three or four hours well the thing my problem now is that i look at one day and because it's like a time limited thing and it always makes you want to be efficient um yeah. i'm getting to the point where i'm like oh I, I want to do this but say i can't do this because for some reason or um i like i there's there's a, a mechanic later in the game where you can itemize a persona and you can mm-hmm. only do this once a day. It's really not spoiling anything. You can only do this once wow. a day. And um, so that just means you have to be tactical. I mean, you've got hundreds of days to choose from if you're doing multiple playthrough. Um, but you kind of don't want to be in a huge dungeon because that's one day and wanting to itemize multiple persona because then you can only do one until you leave and go to the next day. So yeah. I'm kind of like fretting to myself, oh, I've got a spare day, I can itemize a persona, but what will I... And I'm kind of like overthinking it at times. Yeah, I, it does, like, you have to at some point just kind of be like, I can't do everything. Like, yes. you get like four or five texts and everybody's <laughs> like, oh my god, you want to hang out today? And I'm like, yeah. I could hang out with this person, I could hang out with that person, I can't hang out with all of them. And it kind of can be a little bit stressful, but you just kind of have to get to a point where it's like, it's not going to be the end of the world if I don't do this thing. Yeah. You know, it, but it, it can be, if you're kind of a perfectionist, it can be a little rough on your psyche. <laughs> You've got to kind of get to that comfort level where you're like, oh, I'm going to do all these things. And I'm going to enjoy it. And then the things that I can't do, like c'est la vie, you just kind of, yep. you, you do it. That's what the next playthrough is for. Next playthrough. And yeah, you, in the end, I mean, the game is so designed that you get, get to carry over so much that you can get a lot more powerful with each new playthrough. Yep. And then you can do whatever you like, but you kind of go with that constant building. You can't just try and have every have all your cake and eat it on the first day. You just kind of well, what if all all your cake and eating it on the first day? <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. All right. So um, Persona Four. Uh, sorry, Persona Five. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, can can recommend if you're uh, down for some weird Japanese stuff. It's even longer than <laughs> I thought. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It is. Having it on that last bit. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so finally, uh, one last thing before we go. It's uh, time for trivia, and because we were not here last week, I brought two questions. Um, if you are ready, um, hit me. All right. I, I was about to go anyways and be, be like, it's tough. You know what? If you're not ready, too late. Um, so, <laughs> wake up. So, since this is the. Uh, first episode of the tt podcast as trophy talk i figured it would make sense to ask what was the first game to get trophy support there are five oh yeah i know one of them uh so the possible answers are socom u.s navy seals confrontation resistance 2 super stardust hd little big planet 
or Uncharted? It's a trap. No, I, I know. <laughs> well, it's I a trap. One of them <laughs> yeah, got a right four, so you just play the line to me. It was Metal Gear yeah, Solid Four. <laughs> I mean, that was like the last one. Didn't you? <laughs> the no, last old game to get updated. It was. Would you say Super Stardust HD? What was it called? Uh, that that was one of the options. Yeah, that that one. I think that was the first trophy game. Uh, I'm gonna go with probably. I don't know what did you say again. So you've got uh, SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs confrontation. Yeah. Resistance two. Yeah. Super Stardust HD. Oh, Resistance two. Or Uncharted. You're gonna go with Resistance, Resistance two. two. Yeah. For me, I know that Uncharted was my first Platinum and I played it at that time when trophies were first implemented, but I know that that wasn't the first game with trophies, so I think if um, if my vague memory is uh, correct, then it would be Super Stardust HD. And you're right, it was indeed Super Stardust HD. Bingo. Woo! That was a long time ago. What, what year was that? Did <laughs> Uh, that was a, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I mean, it was the launch of that uh, 2.4 update for PS3. Yeah. Um, mm. It was I, it's probably like August, OS. I believe. Yeah, I, believe I remember August. it vividly because I remember thinking, oh, PlayStation's finally got trophies. And that was like the first <laughs> game. And I thought, do I get that game purely so I can get the first trophies or should I just wait until there's a game that I like that has trophies Unfortunately, I did eventually go with the latter option rather than the, the former although there were times when I was considering it <laughs> yeah so, like, uh, no I don't I don't like that game I'm not going to enjoy that game I would literally just be playing for trophies and that would be a bad start so I managed to resist <laughs> <laughs> how did that work out <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? And then I put Wipeout HD on it. <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah, right. But at so, least I enjoyed that one, mostly. Yeah, I think it was in August of 2008. Uh-huh. Somewhere yeah. around there. I think um, yeah. July 2nd of 2008. Uh, so long perhaps. Ago. Yeah, it was It was quite some time ago at this point. Uh, I mean, nine, going on nine years at this point without mm-hmm. trophies. Yeah. All right, and then uh, one more question. Uh, this one is uh, True Trophies uh, specific. So all of these games have trophies among the highest ratio score. Which has the highest? Hi. Yes. Hi. So which, which has the highest trophy of these? This and to, to, be, to be clear, I did account for a couple of things. If a game did not have a trophy, I did not use the estimated trophy score that it would have been. Um, And as far as I am aware, all of these trophies are attainable. Mm -hmm. They're not like games completable themselves. These, uh, I don't know if the game is completable. Oh, okay. So they might be some really, like, really difficult ones. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So (laughs) do you want to know both the game and the trophy name, or do you just want to know the game? Both. I would I would go for both myself. You want both? Both? Okay. Other people's uh, votes? Yeah, let's go with both. <laughs> okay. All right, it's so... <laughs> number one, No Man's Sky to Live Forever. Mm-hmm. Number two, 
MLB The Show 16, the trophy is victorious. Number three, Tetris Ultimate. The trophy is Tetris Master. (laughs) Number four, the Elder Scrolls Online Tamriel Unlimited Edition, Platinum. That's actually the name of the trophy. It's just Platinum. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And then number five, Planet Side 2, trophy name is Endless War. That's difficult. Why is it granted four? Af Vida saying Petrovic there. Pet. <laughs> I know, right? That is he an ass of a ch- trophy to get. I know. I've got it. Um. So these the the ratios on these are like horrendous. Um, really? Oh, yeah. Even the No Man's Sky one. They they are all horrendous. Is it DLC? Uh the No Man's Sky one. Uh huh. I don't know that I can answer that. I mean, I could answer that. I know the answer to that. Yes, but but you're holding right, right. right. I, I will tell you afterwards. I have no yeah. problem. Answering what was the name of the trophy? Afterwards. To live forever. Okay, uh, I haven't played any of those games. <laughs> so, does anybody have a feeling? Hmm. Well, I know that MLB 16 is... Oh, no, you said 16, didn't you? 16, yep. So I guess that's not the the one that released recently. No, that would have been a year ago. Mm. Probably would have released, uh, I think, like, they release around pre, uh, pre-season, so, like, March of last year. Okay. Mm. Any thoughts? Um, <laughs> just go... Um, go. Platinum on Are we... Elder Scrolls. All right, I'm Steve. gonna pick Tetris Master. Uh, that's that was the tempting one because that's sounds incredibly difficult. But I mean, judging by my experience from Hexic HD, and that was a nightmare. And that ratio is probably huge. Um, yeah, but I feel well. Elder Scrolls probably has a huge play. I mean, obviously, I have to go with something different from these guys. So give me my other options. <laughs> Uh, so the other options are No Man's Sky, To uh-huh. Live Forever, MLB The Show 16, Victorious, or Planet Side 2, Endless War. I feel like Planet Side 2 might be like a dark horse in this. Um, but at the same time, I know almost nothing about Planet Side 2. So I'm tempted to go for Maybe No Man's Sky is the red herring. All right, I'm going to have to ignore the red herring in case it is a red herring. Um, it's not up in my words. Yeah, you don't. You don't want to face palm. I guess is what you're saying. <laughs> if I go, if I, I take the bait, that would be more bad than taking just making a wrong guess. Yeah, like having considered gotcha. the possibility. Gotcha. <laughs> so I'm going to go for Planet Side Two's. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, so unfortunately, you are all wrong. Uh, <laughs> the answer is MLB The Show 16 Victorious, <laughs> which so requires cool. you. So it's something along the lines of with a single draft class win 20 games um, in a battle royale something or other, which from what I understand is a it's it's an online thing of like 22 matches. And so you have to win 20 of the 22 against online. Right. So like on the site, there is literally only one person that has unlocked the trophy. Um, (laughs) Seems oh, yeah. two two. <laughs> but if you um, click on it, is it two? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, so, so in December twenty sixteen. Well, so this 
This is un- unlocked by one tracked gamer. The TT ratio is 33.37. Mm-hmm. Friggin' nuts. The that ratio for the lot. game The ratio for the game is over 10. <laughs> Probably <laughs> partly because what? of that trophy. What format is this one for? What do you mean? The game. Oh, maybe it was on PS3 and PS4. Yeah, oh, maybe I'm looking at the wrong one. Maybe. Um, I, I was Wait, looking... were you cheating, Ace? <laughs> no. No, I'm looking okay. at it now, because he said which I... one it was, so I was curious. <laughs> yes, it, so, it's actually, on you're... both PS4 and PS3, that one. Yeah, you're right. Actually, there there were two. I picked the one that had the uh, the higher ratio. Yikes. But they were they were wow. one, yes, they were one after the other. Right. Yeah. I was like... That... <laughs> Okay, I don't understand that. So how come? Here's a real question: MLB the Show on PS3, same trophy, right? Mm. Unlocked by two people. Uh, TT ratio is four point four seven on that one. Oh, but I suppose oh, it's only forty-one track gamers. So. Much lower. Right. Right. Oh yeah, one thousand. Yeah, never mind. I'll wake up again in a minute. Sorry. As, as opposed to the uh, the 1,123 PS4 people. Yeah, yeah. There is only one. Is that a plus game? There's only one. Well done. Yeah, he oh, did it oh. in a did it recently actually. A week ago. Interesting. Um so the answer to the No Man's Sky one is yes, it is DLC. Um it is uh-huh. so to to live forever, it's got a ratio of twenty seven point nine two. Wow. And it it's you have to reach the center of the galaxy while playing in permadeath mode. I see. Um, yeah, uh, the Elder Scrolls Platinum one is pretty self-explanatory. The Tetris Master one, I didn't really understand. I think you have to earn badges within the game and collect three of uh, three particular badges to get this trophy. It's a, it's the only gold trophy for this game. There's no platinum. <laughs> um, no Man's then, Sky permadeath. What's uh, I presume it's not like you die once and the game shuts off and you can never play it again. It it is actually so the the original really it deletes itself well not the game itself (laughs) Um, but yeah no it was uh, the original game did not have permadeath but people were like we want permadeath and so they put in a permadeath mode and so if you are playing and your character dies the character gets deleted and you just have to start over Um, so right uh, oh permadeath of that character because I was going to say it's not a very nice game you play it you lose and you can't play it again. That would not yeah, be know, right? legally sustainable. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That, that uh, would be permadeath, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. Uh, so Tetris Master is a 25.17 ratio. Um, the platinum for uh, Elder Scrolls Online is 22.34. Um, and What's then, the percentage uh, that that means? What uh, percentage of games have completed? Uh, for which one? You Elder Scrolls one. Online. Because I'm sure a lot of people have played that. Yeah, so Elder Scrolls Online has been played by uh, 4,034 tracked gamers. Mm. Uh, eight people have unlocked it. Uh, <laughs> all, all of these are like 0% yeah. have unlocked it. Because 0.00, the, yeah. Yeah, the number of people who, who have unlocked it is it's so low. crazy, isn't it? So the normal amount of points, you know, trophies work out to points, so gold's 90. <laughs> 3,000. <000. laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Um, Planicide 2 one was Endless War, reach ba- battle rank 100. Um, it's got a ratio of 19.10. 0% one tracked gamer out of 365. Is that like re up 10? Is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's just straight up leveling, but yeah, essentially. Okay. Um, 
I'm looking at the uh, Elder Scrolls Online's platinum, and like uh, like I said, it's four thousand and twenty-one points, um, true trophy points. And um, the thing is, like, I'm thinking, you know, you get a brand new 4K TV. Here's your 4K platinum to go with it. Yeah, (laughs) get that. That's a goal. (laughs) What's what's actually looking at these? What what I found particularly remarkable is uh, No Man's Sky has. 6,273 Trek gamers. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I was surprised that it was that high compared to these other games, you know? A lot like, of people bought it and a lot of people were disappointed. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I didn't even well, have to finish the sentence, you know? I really completed it. Well, I mean, yeah, and it's one of those things. It's like, how many times was it on stage, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, it, it got a lot of big press. So, I, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised, but. Mm-hmm. All right. So, that was. was- no Man's Sky one. So uh, to so it was uh, to live forever. Um, live forever. Yeah, it was to reach the center of the galaxy in permadeath mode. Which that DLC I think released quite some time ago. Uh, not obviously mm. that long ago, but but I think uh, the thing the reason why the DLC is worth so much more, which is why I was asking about it, is because the DLC came out a few months after the game and a lot of people would have abandoned it by that point. Already gone, yeah. So no matter what the ratio in the base game was, the DLC ratio will be much higher because less people will be playing it. Much less people. Yep, yep. Yeah, um, yep, yep. yeah there you go. 469 track gamers have the DLC pack. Yeah. That's Five, oh, actually, 10%. So the, the permadeath mode, I think, is actually older than this, but the trophy was included... In the Pathfinder update, which was March eighth of twenty seventeen, so it's actually a relatively recent uh, trophy. All right, well, uh, even more so. There's another yeah. one. Reach the center of the galaxy in survival mode. Also yeah, I don't by eight I don't track gamers, that. but that's a bronze rather than silver. <laughs> Kick your way uh, down. Anyways, so I think that's going to be it for us this week. Thanks for joining us. Sorry if we are. If we don't appear in the next uh, couple of weeks, we'll, we'll try to do something, uh, if, if at all possible. And more trophies to make up for it. Yeah, and obviously we're going to have to do way more trophies now that we're calling Trophy Talk. Um, that goes for so, you as well. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for talking. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about trophies. Um, let us know. Uh, we're still on iTunes. We're on Google Play. Um the we're at uh true trophies uh actually i changed my twitter i am now um mega brand zero what uh, yeah <laughs> um what? so why not just stay as brand foo because it had an underscore and it really bothered me also i'm a huge huge mega man fan does that mean all the people who are listening to old episodes and they go to tweet you they're not you're not going to respond yep maybe you won't exist uh-huh. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll have to change it back. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you guys should let me know what I should do. You need to create um, create a second one that's like. I was gonna say, you should do what the president does. You know, the, the United States they um, archive one off and start another one. <laughs> well, yeah, I how he has uh, Donald Trump and real Donald Trump. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and and tweets on real Donald Trump for some reason. <laughs> Teach their own. Whatever. Um, anyways, and then uh, Dave is at Gamer Maven. Uh, obviously, post in the comment section. Say hey. Uh, let us know what you're up to. Uh, let us know if you got the trivia right. Um, just you know, review us. All those fun things. You know the the standards. 
and uh, we will see you soon. Hopefully, at the very latest, we will see you for an E3 pre-show. Oh yeah, get excited! Look forward to it. Woo! All right, and uh, until next time, we'll talk to you soon. See you later. Have fun. Bye. See you around. See you later. See ya.